Shut up and sit down. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's the budget-friendly solo or the 4K Tacticam 5.0, there's something for everybody to begin filming your hunts with. So check them out at Tacticam.com. This week, John and I talk through the last chaotic bits of the plans for our elk hunt. Frank and Ernie are out in the field. Um, one of our counterparts, our taxidermist, is out there with him. He's shot a 4x4 four four already. Um, things are, are looking up, but John and I are scrambling, getting ready to uh, get ready to, to head back out west and uh, chase some elk. So, uh, this podcast is going to be the last one for uh, a week or so. Um, we'll both be out elk hunting and uh, won't, won't have service. Uh, won't be able to publish anything. So definitely go over, uh, check out our YouTube page. Uh, we've got some videos over there, and this podcast kind of touches on it, but we're looking for some some guidance on, on what you guys want to see from us as far as video content. Um we get into it on the podcast. I don't want to talk about it too much here, keep you too long. But um, you know, we're 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 really trying to um, uh, cater to you guys, both with the content on the podcast as well as the video stuff. So um, check it out. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to see less of, what you want to see more of. Um, you know what we can do. That's Bowhunter Chronicles podcast uh, on YouTube. And, uh, you know, if you like what we're doing, you want to uh, see more videos, you want more interactive content, um, you, you want to have a little bit more say in the show, um, you know, check out our Patreon page. Um, Patreon helps us to be able to do these kinds of things, uh, you know, upgrade our equipment, uh, do some giveaways. So right now what we've got going on is we have um, our giveaway, which will the third quarter is going to end October 1st, or, or, yeah, it'll end October 1st. That'll start the fourth quarter. Uh, we've got a four-pack of the B-Sticks uh, that we're giving away uh, to one of our Patreons. We have also a Tacticam solo package, like we mentioned right at the beginning of the intro. Uh, so we've got one of those that we're giving away. We have a, uh, you know, as always, the, the base map. Uh, you know, they they have a base map pro that they're giving away uh, with a swag pack with a shirt and hat and, and some other stuff from from base map. And um, and th that goes, you know, the money from Patreon uh, goes right into doing that sort of stuff and uh, kind of working with people so that we can make sure to, to have something for you guys, uh, for the patrons, the ones that uh, support us. Uh, but outside of that, Patreon doesn't really like us doing giveaways or anything like that. So so I did buy a pack, a three-pack of the Hawk Helium Sticks, and we're going to give those away to uh, anybody random. doesn't have to be a Patreon. One of our Patreons will, uh, or all of our Patreons will certainly be in that giveaway as well. Um, well, all you're going to have to do is subscribe to our YouTube page, and then I will put up a post on Friday, um, and that's going to run all the way until October 1st. And so when we do our Patreon giveaway... We will also do the giveaway for those sticks uh, for you guys supporting our YouTube page. So all you've got to do, there'll be a, a post on Instagram that I'll put up this Friday. And subscribe to the YouTube page and like that photo on Instagram. So that's all you have to do. And uh, 
be looking for that. I'll put that out before I get on the plane on Friday and uh, head out to Colorado. So you'll have some time to uh, check that out. But this episode, you know, it's just kind of uh, John and I kicking back. Um, You know, we talk about a little bit of different gear. We talk about a, a few other things. But, I mean, honestly, this one right here is just kind of us going through our last minute preparations for uh the elk hunt john makes some kind of bold predictions and uh he's got some tech tips in there as well for you as well as poking a lot of fun at me so uh, i know you guys are gonna like this one Um, it's pretty laid back podcast uh with just john and i but enjoy the episode thanks for listening all right everybody adam and john back with another episode of the bowhunter chronicles podcast we are in I don't know, crunch time for our elk hunts. And uh, so we're going to kind of do a little status. Um, I did, you know, this will be coming out in a couple of days, but I did a little panorama of the podcasting area right now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> John, John is in overdrive. So uh, Frank and Ernie are out hunting. Um, they're in Colorado already. Our, one of the guys in their party, our taxidermist and our friend Dan, um, shot a four by four. And so Frank and Ernie got to pack that off the mountain. Um, so needless to say, with Frank being involved, there'll be stories. Um, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure someone shit their pants along the way or something. <laughs> but um, so most of my stuff is out there and uh, we'll go through that. But um, John, real quick. Um, how did you spend your, uh, holiday weekend or why does the, the bow shop look the way that it does today? I spent my holiday weekend with you hanging out in a (laughs) freaking camping corral, getting, uh, a little sideways, but, (laughs) and working on bows during the daytime running, I made about 40 trips to the pro shop and back picking up parts and trying to get everybody's bows done before I leave. So, Do you have any public service announcement for guys that are just thinking now's probably the time to dust off their case? And Yeah, now's not the time. You're late. You're late <laughs> to the show. So get your act together and don't be an Adam. <laughs> hey, I had to build a new string for Adam the day before his bow left for town or for Colorado So, because he was dinking around too. Well... Of course, I built the first string, and there was—I I don't know—there was something I didn't like about. It. I don't know what happened. The with peep it. cup twisting it. We couldn't. Yeah, and I couldn't get the twist out of it. So I, you know, of course, I was going on vacation. I was up in the UP a couple times and went up Torch Lake and got back and was like, "Well, I'm done dealing with this string." I mean, I could have, I could have ripped all the serving off and reserved the, the one end. I'm pretty sure that's where the problem was. I was like, screw it, and just built a new string I, for it. So I gave him the Halloween green and orange string. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't match. It's, you know, whatever. It shoots. It's fine. Um, it was shooting pretty good when it left town. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm so most of my stuff is in Colorado right now. I'm just, you know, some, some clothing type stuff, and then, um, you know, some of my cameras and, and whatever. John does have me freaked out, though. Um I was going to tell him this earlier, but, you know, because he's like, well, you know, I'm bringing this other release because I got a backup release. And I'm like, 
I've only got one thumb release. And so he's like, you know, cause it's, you're not wearing it if you lose it. And I'm like, Oh, son of a bitch. Like, I mean, I've got my wrist strap release that I'm going to bring with me, but yeah, I need to shoot that, you know, yeah, before, but, but it's going to be the same. And I carry my old wrist strap release in my, my other, my whitetail pack just as a, you know, back. Cause I have forgot my release in the truck before, but yeah, out there, I mean, it's different. If you got your wrist strap on, it, it, you're obviously not going to lose it. It's not going to fall off during the day when you're dinking around, but with, if you're shooting a thumb release like our knock to it's or like the wise choice, shoot, I lost my blue wise choice on the mount up at Total Archery Challenge one year, walking along, and I stick it in the side pocket of my bino harness, and all of a sudden we got to the next target. It's like, oh shit, uh, I lost my release somewhere along the way. And luckily it was, well, it was Danny Wilkes, the guy who got the, the bull out there. He, him and my brother in that group were following us and. They come walking up. He's like, man, check this out. I got a shiny new release. <laughs> Thanks. So, yeah, out out there walking around and you drop your release, shoot, you, you might Could never find it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, So, like, my hunt is looks way different. Both of our hunts are going to look way different than it did last time. So, I, I'm flying into Colorado, getting picked up. Um, and then meet and whip back up with Frank and Ernie. They'll already have been out there for two weeks. Um, and then I'll be, uh, catching up with one of our buddies, Joe, um, who I just talked to tonight. He's out, uh, hunting and, um, you know, a couple of the spots, all the water dried up. So he's already, you know, on to plan B and C at this point. So hopefully, you know, when I roll into town, those guys will have an idea of at least where to start, where, now, have you been doing any uh, e-scouting yourself? Not really. Um, so you just like well, put it, all your eggs in their basket. Well, it's it's not necessarily that. I mean, Joe lives out there, and he's doing like real-time scouting. Right. And he so he's showing me like the areas, and we've done a few Zoom calls where we're on there looking at, you know, a whole bunch of different plans. Um, and then, you know, one of our other buddies sent us some uh, – points from when he was out there years ago and the points all kind of line up to places that we've talked about on on the on the maps anyways that joe's already familiar with so i mean yeah i can you know reinvent the wheel but but realistically i know that there's like seven or eight different areas but you have been looking at them yeah yeah i was just looking at them today i went through and downloaded all my stuff and i've been kind of like just trying to go over in my mind both of the things, you know, all the different points that they showed us, and then kind of just quick glancing over them and looking at why and the terrain and like, right, you know, yeah, that's kind of what I mean. I mean yeah, my, I'm, I got kind of the same thing. My buddy Eddie's living in Bozeman. He's actually out there. He's been hunt. He was hunting this weekend. He actually sent me some pictures of a couple spikes in the area that we were going. But then he was planning on staying out there Friday night. And he actually ended up had to he got evacuated off the mountain because it's all on fire, so that throws a big wrench in our. And that's in Bozeman, Montana. Yeah, so uh, that right there, Plan A looks like it might even might be out the window already. So we'll see. I mean, I know he's got other spots, but I've been, I've got several other spots too that I've been e scouting just to make sure. 
Yep. If it doesn't work out. So. Well, and and like I said, I just want to kind of go through. Like I said, for me, it's. I mean, my time frame is very finite. I fly in on this day. I fly out on this day. You know, this is what's what's going on. John's driving out there. He has a $70,000 trip planned. Um, <laughs> uh, if you were to count his purchases and gear lists for the trip. Um, Come on. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> right off. This, uh, no. <laughs> Well, I had to get a new truck, so <laughs> so the the wife didn't want me driving the new Jeep with the hole in the hood, so she said, yeah, yeah, I guess it's time to get a new truck, so yeah, but that's for other things too, so <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, we're just gonna have to write that off for the cost of the podcast exactly we're we're in the red right. Uh, so sign up for Patreon, folks. Uh, we got some great good giveaways going on. Um, I'll put your name on the truck. <laughs> we'll have some stickers made. But so your trip out there, uh, so I'm flying out the 11th, and you're going out there. I'm leaving the 10th now. So originally I was, you know, plan. I, I always said around the 12th. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to end up hopping on. I'm hopping on the Cross Lake Ferry. Uh, the Lake Express um, Thursday afternoon. I think the last uh, trip across is four o'clock, so that put me over in Milwaukee about five thirty their time. And then I'm just gonna head straight. I'm gonna get over to Eastern Montana, and then just depending on what time I get there, it'll probably still be dark. Uh, I'm just gonna sleep in the truck for a minute, and then get up. And I got some areas. Uh, scoped out to uh try to do some spot stock antelope so i plan on doing that at least for that for all day friday and then that'll put me into bozeman you know saturday afternoon sometime and then after that it's going to be just pretty much elk until i get one down hopefully when you're going out there there's another guy from here that's going out there when is he planning on so he's leaving Friday morning, he's taking the other uh, Cross Lake Ferry, well, the old Badger, which is out of Ludington. So he's taking, I think that boat leaves at like 8 a.m., but it's a four-hour trip on that boat. Puts him into Manitowoc, so then he's just going to leave, you know, so he'll he'll get over there Friday, probably around noon, and then he's going to drive kind of straight through to Bozeman. So we'll probably be hitting Bozeman about the same time on Saturday. Hopefully, I have a cooler for uh, antelope. Well, my question for you on that was, like, are you planning on as soon as you get there, you know, Saturday morning, heading out to the mountain? Are you, you know, you're catching up with your buddy? Are you? Yeah, we're probably we're gonna we're probably not gonna start hunting until Sunday morning. So, <clears throat> I'm not sure if we're gonna maybe hike in Saturday afternoon, you know, and just. Or just get in there early Sunday morning. Most likely that'll be the ticket. Because then I'll be able to get in the, you know, Eddie's house, uh, unload my gear, go through everything, get everything set up, help Mark get set up because he just got his pack last week. And uh, he hasn't even packed it yet. So he so, said his plan is to pack it. I'm just going to pack it when I get out there. <laughs> I'm like, 
All right. So when when John says that I'm so far behind and I'm so last minute, and in in my defense, you know, I, I there was a very little sense of urgency for me because you know Frank and Ernie were leaving, and like it just completely slipped my mind that they were taking all my stuff. So I was like, I got a couple weeks to get this figured out, you know? Like, no, no. That's what I said. If it were me, I would have said, okay, I'd send all my other gear, and I would have kept the bow here and shot it for another week and a half, two weeks, and just made sure that the thing stayed good. But it left good. Yeah. It good when you get there. It was was shooting fine, and, and, I mean, I don't know what, like, all the banging around and, you know, if something happened for uh, flying with it, because I don't have a nice cat. Like I, that was one of the things that I was like debating on buying. But then when they were like, "Well, I'm going to take my, you know, just throw it in the the trailer," then I, that's what I did. But they parked the quads on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I, I, I my point is, is I wasn't that last minute. I had everything good. Good to go. Yeah. Okay. Not not. Oh, look around, John. Oh, I'm my shit. Yeah, <laughs> you I'm, just built your string. <laughs> well, yeah, I just. Well, that wasn't my fault. That was I had the the bow. I had the parts on order since I got the bow, and the limbs just came in last week. So I got the, and then I found out that one of the axles was bent, which is really odd. I mean it, that. That had to be like a factory, you know, there's no way I could have bent that axle. Those are quarter-inch axles. So, but they overnighted a set to me, and I'm good to go. Now it's shooting pretty good. But I do, you know, there's some some things I like or dislike about that PSE is the tunability. Like, if you had, like, in order to get a perfect bullet hole with... Uh, a bare shaft, which I actually do have a po- perfect bolt hole with two different size shafts, but then my broadheads are, are drifting over a little bit. They're shooting like three inches right at 20 yards, which I'm not happy about, but I'll figure it out. But so, like with my old Hoyt, it was just a matter of, you know, I set my center shot and then I go and just tune it with my yoke tune after that to make sure everything is in line. And then I never had a problem with my broadheads flying one way or the other compared to my field tips where, and this one you're doing, the, you're adjusting it with your rest. So now you're changing your center shot, which means, you know, you, you could get a little bit of drift, or which is what's happening. So, I don't know, it's getting, maybe I'm splitting hairs now, but, <laughs> you know, you got a bullet hole, at, I'm doing it at 7 yards, so 21 feet through the paper with a bare shaft, you sh- think it's getting pretty good flight, but I, p- I put my, and, but that's with my small um, AAE fletchings, that's the, which ones are Sorry for the background noise. It's the PM23s. Now with my Max Stealth, I'm hitting in the same spot. So it's, it's telling me that it's a matter of steering on the back end. So, but I'm not doing the ranch very heavy 
FLC either. I'm shooting 100 grain uh, trocar and 100 grain um, slick trick. Same, basically the same setup I brought out uh, to Idaho with 50 grains of brass up front. And so, what does the timeline of your hunt look like? You know, so you're going to take a day in antelope hunt, but so I'm I'm pretty open ended. I'll probably I have like three weeks that I can be gone. So, and then that puts me right in the start of bow hunting here, which I'm <laughs> kind of not even, I haven't done any scouting really. I, I don't have any cameras out yet or, oh, I've got my first camera actually. So <laughs> the new Tacticam, which it seems really legit. I got some, pit, one of my good buddies uh, actually had, was showing me, pit, when we were up at Torch Lake, he was showing me all these pictures of his bucks. I'm like, man, it's pretty good footage. He's like, yeah, I got the new reveal, Tacticam. I'm like, well, sweet, I got a brand new one sitting on my workbench. I just haven't put it out yet. So, yeah, like we were the second wave to get those. They sent us some, but they had sold out of all the first run, and so we just got them. I actually just got mine set up today, and uh, I don't have it out yet, but I was just playing around with it and getting pictures. And Well, that was one of the things, not to, I mean, like I said, I don't, this is the first camera, but going off of like what my buddy Scott was doing, said he had, some of the spy points and he's out in like this farm country it's kind of out you know rural rural area not real good reception and the spy point was real spotty on getting the footage sent to him and he's put his tacticam in the same exact spot and with that antenna he's like i had three bars he's like i have no problem getting reception at all and he's like get pictures you know bam 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 so that that seemed pretty you know, some good news there. <laughs> and you're going out there with an antelope tag, an elk tag, and a deer tag. Correct. So how does the priority? So like I said, I'm just, I'm not going to put a ton of time in on the way out with the antelope. I'm just going to, you know, basically road hunt heading west. You know, there, like, there's some BLM land, a lot of BLM land, and I'm just going to try to spot some on the side and then you know depending on what the train's like see if i can put in a spot and stock on them you know maybe chase them to the next county or something <laughs> but if it works out it'll be awesome otherwise like I said, i'll still be just kind of slowly making my way west towards bozeman and then once i get there then it's it's elk's definitely the priority so if i get elk down uh you know hopefully within a, a week or two that would give me a few days then to go after some white tails and plus we've seen some really nice white tails right in the same area when i was out there a couple of years ago so if if the opportunity presents itself i'll definitely arrow a white tail or at least shoot at one and how does that fit in with your hunting party because that's one of the things we talked about with Dirk about like who's the shooter who's the thing I, I mean you obviously have um a lot more time and preparation uh sounds like put in than your buddy that's going out there also right the guy that lives out there he lives out there but he's also taking time to hunt with you guys and stuff so how does that yeah so he's that he's you know his schedule is pretty open he's a farrier so you know he's working his butt off and he's scheduled it to where he's got two weeks off and he can actually push it out 
farther. And so his priority definitely is out. Uh, my buddy Mark was going out there with me. He's just got, the, he didn't get the big game combo. So he's just after elk. And so if I shoot a whitetail, then I'm going to, you know, that's going to be on me. I will pack that out myself, obviously. Uh, you know, Eddie has some a packer lined up for the elk. But with a, if I shoot the whitetail, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll take care of that myself. And then I'll meet them back out. So, and then, you know, get it packed. He's got a walk-in cooler and stuff right at his house. So I'll get that back and get it hung up. And, you know, then I'll be back in the woods maybe get a shower or something so hopefully you know i'm excited i I mean i'm excited just for the the ride out and just getting back in the getting back out west man (laughs) i mean you see you know how it was like when when we hit south dakota on our way out to idaho and we seen all them freaking antelope just running around i'm like man i really want to chase those suckers so (laughs) I'm looking forward to that, and then look, and so say I fill my tag, I get my my elk filled, and maybe a white tail or not, you know. And obviously, it's time to get, depending on what what the situation looks like. If I'm not seeing the, the white tail or or a mule deer, then I'll turn around and start heading back east, and and then put some more time in on those uh, the speed goats. Yeah, another thing that we got cool here, I was just thinking about that when you're saying not seeing them or whatever, is we got the Tacticam set up, sent us one of their LR spotters. So it's basically like a Tacticam uh, video camera that goes right on your spotting, uh, spotting scope. scope, and it's got a viewfinder so you can watch it, and you can even zoom it in from that. So, you know, the the some of the product testing guys, you can see them that they're using it like two miles away on like the big like the real actual mountain goats and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So we're sending that out with John because his buddy's got a. Yeah, he's got the big 80 power Swarovski. So that'd be sweet to hook that up to that. <laughs> Looking over at the next mount. So we'll have and, some cool footage. Yeah, and we're all split up. So, you know, Frank and Ernie have got one of the Sony Handicams that they're comfortable running and a couple of the Tacticams. So. Lord only knows, like what's gonna come, you know, from from that experience. And then I guess, how are you planning on documenting your side of the trip? So I think most of it's gonna be either like you know just cell footage with the Tacticam or my cell phones. I don't have like the can the little vlog camera. Um, so, but I plan on. Maybe running some. Well, we still have a. Well, what's the other the camcorder? One of the handy cams. Oh, that G thirty. Yeah, is that the new one? Yeah. So, were you planning on taking that with you, or no. am I taking that with me? I, I, it's all dependent on what you want to do. Well, I'll take it with because obviously, you know, like if I get the animal down, then I can film film those guys, and mm-hmm. that'd be some cool footage too. Uh, but I'd like to run like some. Uh, you know, everyone does it, but some time lapse on the way out, getting loading up my stuff. You know, just I know Jack, who I was just working on his bow Friday. He's like, "Yeah, it'd be cool." You know, I really like seeing, you know, like your progress. So I'm looking forward to that. So, well, and yeah, so 
he, this is good. It's good time to to interject on this one. So, for you guys that are listening, you're really following along. You know, one of our you know one of our patreons he uh, he was saying you know enough with the damn saddle uh, saddle stuff and it's all tethered guys and stuff like that. And you know it's uh, it's unfortunate, but it's cool also is that you know those are our friends. Like those are guys that we have access to to just call up and shoot the shit and it's fun to talk with and drink beer hang yeah out. yeah they're a good group of guys period yeah and, and they so, have a good product so. yeah and and then you know we did the latitude and it was a saddle saddles and that's why i said on that one you know but you know i asked him straight away like what do you want to hear from us like is there any guests is there any anything um you know because we're always looking for ideas and try not to be redundant or like follow what everybody else is doing um you know, the saddle stuff is just, there's so many new saddles and stuff coming out and it's, it's, there's so many people that have questions. Um, you know, that's, you know, people want to hear about that. So let us know what you want to hear about. But anyways, he said, you know, I kind of like the ones where you guys just sit down and shoot the shit and kind of, you know, banner back and forth. Um, and, and, and so that kind of leads into like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to do more videos, albeit they just happen to be about some of the new saddle products, but uh, to get over on our YouTube. So I'm, we're trying to get more stuff put up there. But the hard part is, and John and I have been having this conversation, is like, we're doing this stuff anyways. Like, if you were to walk in here right now or see that video on Instagram, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, it, it, there is so much, like, archery bow tuning uh, going on here just within, like, my one arm's reach of, I mean, it, it's it's rather impressive. But we don't post pictures of that every day or, you know, we try and do a, a little bit. But we are not vlogging that. I did, my brother-in-law and I went out and John said, he's not ready for whitetail. I've got some spots that I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to check out. And I went in and we did like three and a half mile round trip to set a trail camera where we had to, you know, walk through a creek and, you know, <laughs> he fell in. Like, it's just all this stuff where, you know, we didn't video any of it because it's like, you know, if you don't get anything on the trail camera or if you, you know, you don't edit it. It's just a whole big, long, you know, 20 minute thing. It's like, who's going to watch this? So, you know, if you're listening and following along, you know, with the podcast, check out our YouTube and let us know like what you want to see more of. Cause we can certainly do those time lapses and that sort of stuff. And we're going to try and do like a, a small weekly video with John about, you know, maybe one thing here or there that you can, you know, to improve, you know, your bow, check your bow, that learn how to tune your rest or, you know, something like that, set your center shot. Um, but it's all stuff that we're doing every day, but I feel like there's so many people that do it just for social media and it's very disingenuous. Like, Oh, you know, here I am getting my bow out and all this stuff. And it's like, I came over, it's just getting dusk over here. And all I see is green lights. And I'm like, Oh, John's out shooting his bow in the dark. You know, I mean, how do you feel about that sort of stuff? Like, cause you're, you see the stuff on Instagram and social media and stuff like that. And a lot of the YouTube stuff. And it's like, how do you, well, yeah, I, I mean, 
for one, like you're saying, I'm out here doing. I've been working on, it, especially like the last. Well, it's been the last couple of weeks. You know, I I even went and filled in at Johnson's a couple of times, working on bows, helping him out because this is like crunch time. Obviously, everyone is waiting to the last minute. I mean, at least it's not last last minute, but getting out here and for me trying to get these bows done, and then trying to film it is like, man, I you know. It, this would probably be a cool video, but I need to get this done. So I kind of don't have time to do both and then edit it and everything else. But if it's what people want to see, there that one of the ways I learned, you know, everyone I can, I'm continuously learning. So if there's something I'm not familiar with, then I'll I'll search it up myself and look at it, and then you know see if it's good information or not, and then you know put it to the test and they're like well yeah that that was kind of some bogus information and or no that was good really good information uh, like i had uh, i was out here working on bows yesterday a uh, buddy of mine I went to school with seen i was out in the garage and i told him I'd, i actually was looking at his bow up at the pro shop and i told him like well hey you know if i'm ever out there if you have any questions then just stop by so he actually had just got done shooting the 3D course up north and stopped seeing me in the garage. So he stopped in with his bow and it's an expedition. Well, I don't have any like hands-on experience with expedition. We shot them, we looked at them at ATA, but there's there's none at the dealerships around here that I know of. And so he's like, yeah, he's like, can you check this out? My serving's coming apart on the, you know, down at the lower end. And it's literally, it was cut right through and the serving was coming unwound and so i put it draw board and pull it back and that cam was flipped right over side like it was scary it was leaned over so far that the the next uh cam notch or track rubbed a hole through the serving so i'm like but i already had like three bows going on the bench at the time so and a set of strings so i'm like if i had time i would try to figure this out if it would have been like a hoid or something i could have been okay this is what what the problem is which i've never seen a hoid or psc with that kind of cam lead so i'm like i gotta be honest i'm not familiar with this bow and this system and so i you know i would have to look it up and that would be something where if there's some videos out there on that situation and maybe that would be something you know i could have researched it and then done a video on okay this was the problem this is what the solution was you know and do a video yeah i think that helps guide us because it's like you know we it's weird because like you know we started this podcast like because we have these conversations and it's because you, you're doing that and I'm trying to learn about more gear and, you know, asking questions and, and doing all of that. And now it's like, you know, well, we need a video on everything that you do every goddamn day. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we need a little bit more direction. One thing, one thing I lack is direction. Like, <laughs> Well, I was, I think I was talking to Frank before he left and I was kind of ragging on you a little bit. I was like, you know, we started the podcast because we were doing this because of the hunting. You know, it was like, well, we're doing this, so we, and we talk about it, so we might as well 
start a podcast spot. So then I'm like, you know, Adam's got so many, you know, sticks in the fire right now that I think the hunting part's actually kind of taking back burner. He's got the vitals going. He's got our <laughs> podcast. He's freaking networking. You know, like every time I see him, he's on the phone or, you know, texting someone. The other night we're at the fire and Adam disappears for like an hour and a half. He's, and this is at like 10, 1030 at night. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell? Where'd Adam go? Oh, he's, he's like on a business call. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, uh, the hunting comes first, Adam. You got to, that's what I was telling Frank. I'm like, maybe we need to, you know, get that into Adam's head. That- well, it, it, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think that at all. Um, I, and, and to be honest with you, I, I want to say like, I don't know. I just, I just have like such a good feeling like about it. like, cause the best year that I had whitetail hunting or hunting at all was when we went out West. And it's because, like, even when we go to Ohio, Missouri, um, up to the UP, like, I feel like you're always hitting the same ground. You know what I mean? Everything is so small in comparison to when you go out west. And so... Like what you were saying, like, have I been looking at the maps or like whatever? Like, I mean, they're, you know, 40 minute drives from here to here. And like the one thing that's like stuck in my mind from when we came back from out west the last time was like, I'd pull up Onyx or, you know, now we've got base map. But, I, you know, I'd pull up the map and I'd look at the distance from here to there. And I'm like, I know it's just right through there. But, man, on the scale of the phone, it looks like that would be about two miles because that's about what we are traveling every like little jaunt, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I did the line and it's like 250 yards. I'm like, Oh, you know? (laughs) And and like, so, so seeing new country and everything like right now with the, the hunting portion of it, like around here, um, like I'm just like going out and finding new spots and, figuring it out because i'm i'm like i don't i'm not gonna have a problem i don't i'm not i'm not worried about like trekking out and finding it i think like when we were in idaho like reading the sign you know because we had no we had no experience with the area so everything was fresh like every time we saw something it was the first time we saw it or we saw that it wasn't there yesterday and now we need to you know Right, now it's there today. And so from the the hunting aspect of it, like, with with all of this, it's like I – it's not the same hunt as we went on before. I mean, I'm going to – we're going to be base camped in a camper and then going out for a day or so, kind of like what you're doing, then back and, you know. So I'm I'm, I'm more focused this time on – the calling and the um like strategy um and just upgrading my equipment a little bit rather than like trying to like relearn like like I'm starting elk hunting all over again, you know. So just to correct, I'm. We plan on doing like three, four day bivy hunts. So yeah, we're gonna go in. You know, I got 
all my ready wise meals and stuff and that's what half of the mess is in this garage is like i have to get all my kit packed up and you know organized yeah it was kind of organized but i started working on bows and pushing shit out of the way <laughs> and then this got thrown in there and that and now i got my I, my bronc box is blown up the freaking elk <laughs> target or my elk decoy keeps popping up and flying out at me uh, she's showing her ass to us right now i think but uh yeah so i do plan on we're going to do you know the plan is to do similar to what we did out west or out in idaho i mean uh but it's definitely not as big a country yeah. like where we were at in idaho it was just nothing like we could zero we could have we could have started walking on day one and just kept walking in a straight line if you could, and never hit another, we would have walked out of the, our unit, basically. <laughs> but we would have not but, hit a main road. Yeah, or a, let alone a house or private property. Now, we're out where we're at, Montana, it's like a, we could do probably a 40-mile loop, but it's completely surrounded by private, you know, so we're up in the mountains, and we got to use you know, public access to get back in there and then, you know, work our way around it. So it's a little bit different, like, in that aspect. But it will be, like, if we hunt this area out, there's no elk, then it's just going to be, okay, now we got to go to plan B spot, which we might have to start. Our plan B might be plan A now that uh, the mountain's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, the hunting's always going to be there. Like, I, like... It was yesterday morning. Yesterday I went out and did that big scouting expedition. But um, it was cold. It was cold in the morning. And it was like, man, this is like, this is like bow hunting. This And then driving up, you know, I just had memories of like, I, I don't know, my dad and I, we always hunted. I feel like it was like on Sunday. Like on Sunday, we'd, we'd leave at like noon and hunt the evening and it'd be like you know kind of chilly but nice and sunny and you knew it was going to be colder and like it was just it just feels like hunting season all of a sudden you know and i don't know it's always about the hunting john it's not always about shooting a hundred arrows a day (laughs) (laughs) but that is a big thing you want to be confident in uh, efficient with your equipment. Yeah. yeah. So, which I'm, I'm confident in my ability, but I'm not quite at a hundred percent with my equipment yet. I'm still, you know, working out some bugs. I'll tell you what. So they, they've got my bow and my release. And so I've been shooting here with the silverback and that uh, carbon knight that I've got. And then we built up a set of those uh, 300 spine day sixes. And they're like 590 grains. And I fletched up two of them. Or Frank fletched up two of them for me. And uh, the rest of them have oh, wait, the well, zingers on it. Why is why did Frank fletch them up for I thought you were fletching up some arrows. 
I did, but they didn't meet John's quality control. So well, they were they were shooting just fine till the veins fell off. They didn't fall off. You ripped them off just because they weren't up to spec. But I've I'm the <laughs> this is a, a a great transition because I'm using I put some of those zingers on those other four <laughs> because I hate fletching arrows and it, again it was John was building my string gone for a week here 10 days there uh you know so I was like, well I guess I'll just have to learn how to do it myself and it wasn't good enough but I was happy because when I was shooting them they didn't fall off but John just ripped them off and said these aren't well good. I was like I looked at them and I was like matter of fact I looked at them that first day when uh when I got back when uh, latitude was over we had that get together at the barn mm-hmm. at the studio and i was like well that one is like halfway off and that's when i asked him like did you use the primer pen yeah don't mix those up because those are marked mm-hmm. those are the limb stops for that elite and they are i have a mark top and bottom and there's a little marker on on the back side of that See that silver mark? That? No, right on the flat spot. Oh, yeah. There's a line. There is there is a method to the madness. Well, it wouldn't matter, really. I mean, they're both identical, but it's just, that's how I just, so I lay them out and measure everything and then mark them so I know which one's which. But anyway, so I got over there and the, the vein was falling off and and I was like, well, uh, did you use a primer pen? Like, nope. Well, if, here's a tech tip for you guys. If you're going to flex your own arrows and you're going to use AE Max Stealth veins, those you have to use the primer pen on those on those veins to soften up the material so the glue will actually adhere to it. So that's a tip for you. I use the primer pen on Every vein. It doesn't matter what. What's in the primer pen? I don't know. It's like a. Uh, it's not. Let me look at it real quick. I don't think it says, but it's like a acetone or a, some bad shit. It's very flammable. Yeah, I'm not sure. But it's some kind of solvent, acetone type. Um, but definitely use the primer pen. Like I said, I use it on all fletchings, whether it's AE brand, boning brand, fusion, it doesn't hurt. You're going to want to clean them anyway because if you're touching them, like when I put my vein in the my clamp, I always press it down with my thumb. Well, right there, I just put oil all over it. My, you know, you, you think your hands are clean, but you still have oil in your skin and it's going to get on that. So I put my vein in the clamp pop open my primer pen make sure that it's primed so it's you know i'll dab it on my thumbnail and make sure it's wet and then i go up and down it three four times and a lot of times you'll actually the color will start kind of you'll see like a little hint of the color or whatever say i'm using my bright green ones it'll i'll see like a little bit of a yellow tint almost like it takes some of that color out so i know it's softening it up and like breaking it down enough that the glue will adhere to it and then i always like i always use wraps some people 
don't like wraps or you know like the ranch fairy he doesn't want to add weight to the back of the arrow and which that's fine i i like to use wraps just because i'm always like you see my bucket of arrows here and the shelf and all that i will redo them all the time and it's just i feel it's easier to pull off a wrap than it is to shave off of you know the super glue right off the carbon shaft where you start peeling like you'll see like little strips of gray in that as you're trying to cut them veins off and clean up that shaft so to me it's easier to peel off that the downfall of that is if you shoot through one of your veins now you got to redo the whole wrap with all the veins where if you you can possibly clean off one and just put in one new vein on it without a wrap so you might be beneficial that way but i just don't like running the knife on that on a bare carbon shaft but i've been using i've been shooting those oh, yeah. arrows with the other bow and I, i've got some of those zingers on there and they're shooting right with you know out to i've been shooting that bow out to 45 yards just because of the sight that i've got and where it you know i didn't i didn't it's an old sight it's not for that heavy an arrow, but it's it's weird because uh, I know that Troy had said, you know, his arrows were like grouping faster than like the in inserts that he had, but like the way that I had that bow set up with the the faster arrows, like they were hitting or the lighter arrows were hitting way lower i mean i was shooting so your pin, pin gaps are better with wider that. like so i had it set at 20 and 30 because it was the bottom pin slider at 20 and 30 20 was shooting like six inches high so i adjusted that and i can shoot that 20 all the way out to 35 and then that the and i can't move that bottom pin up any further and it shoots that's at 45. So I've got a 20 and a 45 yard pin. Now, did you, but did you adjust the rest or anything or you just started shooting those arrows out? No, I just shoot them right off there. Okay. Cause before you were shooting the bloodlines, right? Uh, outlaws. The outlaws, which is the standard size shaft. Mm-hmm. And now you just went to like a micro diameter cause on day six are pretty, those are, those are a smaller diameter shaft than my Easton axis. So that right there could be, without shooting it through paper and retuning that rest for that, you could be getting a weird kick out of it, you know, so you could be knock high, knock low, and that might be the reason why you you were shooting high. See what I'm saying? So your arrow's mm-hmm. doing this off the rest. They're all shooting in the same spot. Well, yeah, you'd be consistent. You'd I- be consistent with a, a field tip and... You you might be getting some planing is what I'm saying. So you, yeah, John. So so that's why I love having this conversation with John because he's just like, okay, this is what you're doing. But like, so John tells me like, well, you know, if you're gonna shoot that bow, like, don't get used to that draw cycle because it's a crazy draw cycle, and it is. And shooting it with the silverback is like the first five shots. I'm like, oh fuck, like, where is it at? You know, because I. I, I'm all the way against the back wall because I don't trust it, you know, so I'm, I'm feeling it out. And um, 
But one thing that I've noticed with those day six arrows in the outserts, and the only thing that I can I can surmise, like every fifth shot, basically, you know, one of the five arrows I'm shooting, I draw it back and I get it back as soon as I anchor it and it cams over hard, the freaking arrow pops off the rest. And I'm like, or uh, the knock pops out of the string. And I'm like, oh my God. And I check the knock fit. Like we, because John and I were just talking about this. I think what's happening is when the rest pops up aggressively like that, because the cam seats like that, and it's got that outsert on it, I think it's catching and, hmm. and like stopping it and pulling it off. Because at the same point in the draw cycle, every single time, and is, uh, it, is that outsert that close to the your rest? I don't know. It shouldn't. Uh, you, uh, yeah. Now that you say that, but they're long. I mean, it's this long, right? So, yeah, that could be an issue if you're. But it's only one arrow. I I don't have a marked, hmm. but it's one of the five. You know. Hmm. But I'm just doing it to just continue shooting and. Right get get my shot process down and it's i mean i went out the other day and just stopped what i was doing grabbed my bow and shot five arrows and was done and i had them all within a inch and a half circle and so i was like well at 25 cold just picking it up and shooting i mean i couldn't really ask for anything better right so that's what I'm trying to do is just, you know, I, I don't shoot 50 arrows a day, but I want to get out and shoot my bow and, you know, just get get used to it. All right, just stay in tune with it. I mean, stay in touch. Just, I mean, that's a good idea for it. Even, you know, like, I'll be bringing my block target and get out there and just like we did before, shoot. Because now we're in a different atmosphere, even though it, you know it's really it seems like it wouldn't make a difference, but it did when we were out in Idaho. You know, I mean, something something was weird about it. You were one way, and I was the other. So, it was... well, at least my bow's getting acclimatized, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not getting. <laughs> well, I won't say that, but uh, hopefully, it's being taken well. Well taken care of. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But yeah, it's you know it's kind of unfortunate that the like Ernie's got an in reach, but you know he's been he didn't really practice with it. And he's not familiar with it, and he's saying, "Oh, it's not working that well." But you know, he texts his wife, and then I get information like through his wife, through Frank's wife, through my wife, then to me. <laughs> so it's like, you know, seven. The, Seven, uh, what was that? Kevin Baker. Six degrees of separation. Six degrees se- separation. But he's like, you know, I heard a story. Yeah, they went up, they found a really good spot, and they turned around, and then a cow fell in the mud and like, was like, got stuck. Was it a cow, cow elk or a moo cow? Like, I don't know. Didn't have horns. Like, <laughs> okay. Ended up being a moo cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beef cow so i don't know like i say when when we get back with those guys it's gonna be it's gonna be uh definitely some stories oh um yeah 
three weeks of Frank hunting, Frank and Ernie together, there are definitely going to be some stories. And I'm sure there's going to be quite a few uh, shit-your-pants stories, too. (laughs) Uh, But one of the things that I didn't say is, uh, so when I go out there, um, there's a pretty bad bear population, like a bear problem out there. And so I think the tag is like a hundred dollars or less. Um, so I'm going to get a bear tag and if I get a chance to shoot one, I'm going to shoot it. Cause I, I think any, any other bear that I shoot is going to be, you know, over bait here in Michigan or, you know, with a guide or something like that. And not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, I mean, be one of those things. If you don't buy a tag and you could just shoot one out in the wild walking around, Right. You know, spot stock or, or if you shoot it out, you know, set up on the gut pile, set up on the pile. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I, I mean, it's weird because like through this podcast and stuff, like whether it's, you know, elk, antelope, bear, um, pigs, you know, anything's like, I guess I never really, I wasn't ever like on my list of hunts to do. I mean, like I've said before, my grandpa's, he, he hunted, you know, all over the world. Um, and he went to Africa a bunch of times, shot caribou up in, um, Manitoba or British Columbia or somewhere, shot black bears up there, um, all with a rifle, did a lot of elk hunting, a lot of mule deer, um, and so I grew up like around that, but it wasn't ever like, man, I really want to go. But now it's just like, I want to shoot everything with a bow. <laughs> I mean, I was even thinking about like when we were in Idaho, I'm like, man, we, you know, we were out there, we didn't kill anything. I'm like, yeah, we did. We killed grouse. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I was thinking about like small game that I've killed with my bow, mm-hmm. like <laughs> grouse ramen noodles. Like, That's pretty good. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think. Outside of this, like, I, would, I don't think I would ever been like, yeah, I want to shoot a bear. Or like, no, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, you got points for bear here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's I, just it, a matter of. Yeah, that, I mean, that, and that's one thing I think just because, like, we have them on our property, it'd be cool to shoot a bear on your property. Right. Um, But it's not going to be easy by any means just because it's so far away and having to bait and. Right. But if you got the opportunity out there where there's so many, All right. you know, why not? And I don't think I want to get, like, a bearskin, like, rug, like, head and claws and all that. But I'd like to have the hide tanned, like. Yeah, I mean, they have it, like, down by your fireplace, your basement mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. I, you know, I was even thinking about that, like, with the elk hide. Like, when we were at Docks and he had it up on the wall, mm-hmm. like, one of the elk hides on the wall is pretty cool. I don't know. It's just weird because, like, for a trip out there, like, you only got so much space to bring shit back. <laughs> like, that's. <laughs> I got a lot of space now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have Frank and Ernie swing by. Well, they got a whole trailer, but of course they got the quads and everything else. So. That's what we no. should do is we should have them coordinate with you and stop by. <laughs> No, did they, 
No, Frank was talking about, did they bring the freezer? They did. They did. So they brought the big chest freezer. It's not working. Well, right. They brought a generator too, right? Yeah. So they could, if they had to, they could fire it up. It's not working. They're oh. bringing it as a giant cooler. Oh, it's not. Yeah. It's not a work. Like you can't, you plug it in and it's not working. Yeah. Like oh. they, that when they pulled it out of the shed, it wasn't, oh. it, it didn't get cold. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they just brought it as a huge cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, they're like, you know, we get dry ice and yeah, you know, we got up. space. I mean, because what are they going to do? Go buy another freezer or a whole bunch of coolers or, you know, I mean. Well, shit, nowadays you could buy a freaking working freezer for amount of, for the price of a Yeti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you got the room and the, the means to power it. So. Yeah. Ernie's a freaking electrician by trade, so I'm sure he could wire up something with a generator in the back of the truck <laughs> and down. So, so let's make some predictions, John. Frank and Ernie, me, and you. Who's going to shoot one first? Yeah, let's say the... the well, my money right now, like, uh, not nothing against Uncle Frank. But you know how Ernie, Ernie is like laser focused on stuff. Like when we, when I knew, like from the time that those guys decided they were going, Ernie was out running and like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to, he was focused on Uncle Frank. He was excited and kind of focused, but he was like, I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to hunt my hunt. Right. And it's like, well, you'd have a lot better hunt if you did some preparation now. If you want to do a little bit of hike and, you know, any of the, any suck now is way less suck later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, and, you know, I Ernie got it done with the turkeys, you know. He killed a deer in Nebraska. Yeah. So, I think... And and the other in what Ernie has going for him is Frank, is just like with turkeys. Frank is an awesome caller for turkeys, and I know that he was putting his time in playing with it. And I sent him those elk nut videos, and and I'm sure that they listened to that out there. And I know Uncle Frank the way he is, just you know his nature with calling, that he will have that down. And so if there's an opportunity for them to call in and out. I believe Uncle Frank could do it. And then Ernie would be the one getting the shot opportunity most likely. I know Ernie was excited and saying how he was going to call in and out for Frank. And, I mean, I heard some, you know, Ernie's got the old school. Hoochie mama. Yeah, he's got the hoochie mama <laughs> and, the, and the old school tube. Terminator. Uh, open reed diaphragm. Looked like a huge black dildo sticking out of his <laughs> pack when we excuse me sorry about that but uh but yeah i was like whoa what is that ernie uh but in ernie he did he went and hiked the dunes with me before they left with you know, he, you know, he had i think 25 pounds in his pack or whatever the day before we hiked that was the, uh, the hike with uncle frank when we hit the blockhouse hill but 90 percent of that was flat ground and 
and we weighed Uncle Frank's pack, and he was like, yeah, it's probably 20, 25 pounds, and I was like, yeah, it's 18, Uncle Frank. <laughs> but at least he got out there, he did it. We climbed the Blockhouse Hill. Uh, I did a little, you know, a little Insta story, and then that part of it didn't get videoed. It just got us coming back down. But, you know, Ernie, we stopped, and we did some push-ups, and Uncle Frank sat on the log and laughed at us while we did the push-ups. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I think out of those two being out there for, you know, two weeks before we get there, basically, you know, they've been there for opening day up until, you know, you're going to arrive on the late on the 11th, right? Mm-hmm. I'll be out, you know, to my spot on the 12th, basically. I think... I mean, it's a, it's a toss-up depending on how whose shot opportunity is on the day that they get into the elk. Oh. But I think if it's, I think if Ernie gets a shot, he will make it, uh, make it count. Where Uncle Frank might get a shot, and he might get a little excited, and <laughs> kind of like Nebraska, maybe but get an opportunity, but. Maybe not connect. Now with you, uh, I mean, I got all kinds of confidence. With Joe, he's been out. He's been out there now for what three years. Mm-hmm. He's hunted with Paul Medell the elk not last year or the year we were out in Idaho, and so he's got he's got pretty good background in it now. And you know, sounds like he's got a pretty good plan set up for you guys. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you got a guided hunt set up. Yeah, well, so do you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Eddie, he's been out there. He's been scouting spots. Uh, no, so for me now, I'm going out. My buddy Eddie lives in Bozeman, and he's got his horses. He's been out in this spot several times. But I think... He's kind of, I mean, it's our plan A, and I'm not sure. He's got other spots that he hunted in the past, but I don't know if he's actually been to those this year, you know, doing any scouting. Of course, that I guess that don't really matter because it's a spot if you know it, and mm-hmm. you're like, hey, let's go over there. I the elk are going to be there or they're not. Exactly. So, but, and, and I've checked out spots, man, like I said, I've, been doing e-scouting so there's a couple spots where i even thought of man i could even quick stop in and like do a little scope out myself before i get to the other you know before i hook up with eddie Um, but now uh, joe has the same hunting style as as you and i do so it's born and raised like you know go find him coupled with the Paul Medell, you right. know, soft calling, you know, kind right, of the, loca- locate and then try to feel yeah. well, figure out, take their temperature and figure out, okay, is this a hot bowl or is it just a bowl that's sounding off? But do then slow play it or can I get aggressive? Eddie has a little different style. Yeah. So how was how your hunting? How's your hunt going to so that, play out? That's the other part <laughs> where it's like, you know, Eddie's, uh, he's more methodical. Like he likes to like, He's killed some big bulls. He's got a 350 plus or 380 on his wall. 
but he's like I he's like I watched them all summer you know and he pretty much he's like I had notes on where he was going when he was going and so like his biggest bowl he actually you know set it up where he knew where he was coming like his evening route routine and he kind of like got in got set up cut him off and he's very like scent control uh you know oriented so as a matter of fact he was just he called me the other night and he was talking about you know food and how much clothes and he was telling me how his pack the one year last year he backcountry hunted his pack weighed 90 pounds i'm like holy what he's like well that was for 10 days so i'm like well i guess yeah if you're going in for 10 days we're not doing that but and then we're talking about food and i had mentioned the butthole sandwiches and he's like butthole sandwich what you know like (laughs) he's like you better explain i'm like well it's a bagel it's peanut butter, honey, bacon, and you vacuum seal it. And when you vacuum seal it, the peanut butter oozes out the center portion hole and hence the butthole sandwich. He's like, hmm, peanut butter on the mountain? I'm like, is that like a problem? He's like, well, it's pretty smelly. I'm like, what, are you afraid of bears? He's like, no, I don't want the elk to smell it. I'm like, oh, well. If you're worried about the elk smelling the peanut butter sandwich, then I think you should be more worried about the elk smelling your butthole. <laughs> you know, after four days of not showering, I think they're not going to just smell the peanut butter. They're going to smell your stinky ass. So you got to, I mean, when it comes down to that, even like all the guys we talked to, Trent Fisher, Dirk, all them guys are like, yeah, you got to hunt the wind. There's no way around it. Uh, Phelps, it's like, yeah, there's no way you're gonna stay clean and you know fresh smelling. You could you could have a fresh scent lock suit every day, and you're still the elk are still gonna smell you. They're, that's the one thing you cannot. Well, fool like is their nose like out there right now? Joe, when he called me today, says 91 degrees. He's driving down. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's like it'll be 10 degrees cooler where we're at, but he's like, it's you know it's and then Wednesday is gonna be 40 and snowing. So, yeah, and, and you know, Bozeman, uh, I think it was projected like Thursday or Friday was like, or maybe it was Saturday. It was 96 degrees. That's probably why the fires all broke out. It was hotter, you know, hell and dry. Uh, but yeah, you're not going to walk around the mountain for four days and smell fresh. Yeah. Or not Peanut butter is going to be the last of your worries. Exactly. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about that. And I, uh, he's like, whoa, I, you know, I just pack just clean food, you know, like very bland. Like, it's too bad for you. I got my <laughs> ready wise meals and I got my butthole sandwiches and I got some jerky and Snickers, I'm sure. <laughs> yep, Snickers for every day. And now I told him, I'm like, yeah, I got my, uh, I got my bulletproof creamer, you know, coffee and I got my Tioga Rise instant coffee. And he's like, you got, you're bringing coffee? <laughs> yeah, bringing coffee. <laughs> like, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to boil me a pot of water, and I'm going to make me some instant coffee with my bulletproof packet and a couple packets of oatmeal, and I'll be ready to freaking hit the mountain. So, 
I think it'll, you know, it'll be, I'll have to open. He's pretty old school. Like I said, he, he's done, he did it for a lot of years in the past and he took a lot of years off. His first year back was the year we went uh, to Idaho. That was who I was originally supposed to hunt with. And then he hunted with the guy I'm going with this year, Mark. Mark went out there. And another guy here from Muskegon. Uh, and they kind of did like what they pulled his camper out. And I think they were more southwest of where we're going to be now. They were kind of in grizzly country, actually. So they were camper hard-sided camper and then just you know day trips which i'm not opposed to that either i mean it, it, it all depends on what the situation you know like cory jacobs cory jacobs is like listen he's done bivy hunting but he thinks a day trip is more proficient basically because you can go in you can cover a whole area you know you're gonna walk your balls off you might cover 15 16 miles but you got it all covered in a day, you know. So instead of going in, sleeping, you're like, shit, there's no elk here. Even Dirk said the same Dirk thing. Dirk said the same thing, you know. Yeah, Dirk's hunted with, with Corey for years. So <clears throat> that, that right there, you know, we're going to, I'm going out with every intentions of doing a bivy, bivy hunt for three to four days. And then if that area doesn't work out, move to a different one. Um, but we can also, I can sleep in the bed of my truck too. So. But he has a different, like, that's why I was just wondering the hunting style because he is more of a, a, a set up on a transition and wait for the elk instead yeah, of, he's not a big caller, or at least that's what I. Well, he's a caller. He likes to call, but yeah, he isn't, it's more of, he likes to kind of pattern out. You know, he's from open country. So like he can see them, you know, spot spot them, kind of watch their pattern, and then try to move, make a move. Where, you know, a lot of the guys that we've talked to, like with Dirk and them, it's like they're going in, they're gonna, they want to hear one, and then they're gonna go in after him, set up, either get aggressive. Most of those guys get real aggressive, but like the Paul Medell set up is take the temperature. And his theory is like if I hear him. I can call him in. I can get him to come over to me. It might take a while, but excuse me, he's not going to get super aggressive right away, depending on what the situation's like. And that's kind of what I'm really excited to to put that calling, you know, this the slow play sequence and all that into a effect this year, especially after. Our last encounter in Idaho, man, that that kind of gave me a little bit of validation, like I could do it. Well, like I I feel the same way, and I, I mean I said it when on the last podcast when we talked to Dirk, but like I wish, like I guess what I love from being able to do this and talk to these guys, and you know, having had an elk hunting an elk encounter um it's easy to to learn from right mm -hmm. so like w what you just said you know there can be some guys that would be like oh you know i don't need to listen to any of that stuff i didn't know what i was doing we just walked out there and called one in you know called in a couple of them 
And that's true. But like now, like for you and I, when we called in those ones for you, you know, that, that elk, we did exactly what Paul Medell said. We just didn't know it. Like, you know what I mean? We, it, and we were just set up poorly. Right. I, I mean, but that's, <laughs> I listened to that while you were sleeping all the way out there. And it was like, yeah, that was a call, cold call, you know, mm-hmm. cow sequence. We were just sitting there, cold calling, doing the cows. And it worked like, a, I mean, that some bitch come running right to us. We were just not set up right. But then it, 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 on the big one, you know, we did basically just what Dirk said. And we just kept just following right along with them. And then we shut up right. and let them kind of do what they were doing. And we were just close enough to where we wanted to be. We knew where they wanted to be, yeah. you know, and we were right. And then that last encounter where you just did the roundup and took off, like, man, if we could have just been a little bit more patient and less aggressive, you know, and I think that that's like what I took away most from like the Paul Medell seminar deal was he's like, I don't need to hear him. I don't, I don't even want to hear him. He's like, if I just know that they're there, you know, maybe I heard him earlier or maybe I saw him go over there. Well, all I got to do is call him, you know, do this do soft calling, raking. a little bit of raking and they're going to come investigate. And, you know, we, we just went over there like all gung ho and, and we didn't realize we were 20 feet away from him. I mean, right. But you know, the thing is too, that could have worked out too. Like Dirk said, he's like that scenario, you know, it could have went either way. You might've did that. And, and that was one of Paul, you know, that was one of the, actually, I think that was part of elk 101, you know, get in, get close, you know, wait till they get in their bedding area. And then he's more apt to like, once his cows are down. And that's what we had talked about. That was our whole plan. It was like, all right, we're going to get up there. We're going to do a cow call. And we're going to freaking hammer him with a bugle over him and try to pull him out. And he just said, well, I've had enough. You know, okay. These guys again? Yeah. <laughs> and so. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm very optimistic. Um, I, I just think, like, realistically, like, sheer numbers, instead of just having one group, you and I. Right. Now we're going to have basically three groups to have opportunity to kill anything and there's like i think so uh, many tags between us realistically i think we'll at least go 50 percent. i think two of the four of us will will attack well i'm due because i i got nothing with turkeys so (laughs) (laughs) i'm up damn it but (laughs) but yeah like like i say i'm 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 optimistic you had a lot of opportunities at turkeys. Um, well, I'm saying if you wanted to go back a few years, you. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the world's worst turkey bow hunter. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's not let's not put that into the elk. <laughs> no, woods. well, uh, I'm just saying, like, for for all of that, I'm I'm super optimistic, and I'm. You know, we're going to, I mean, for yourself, I guess, if you come home with three tags, like something went terribly wrong, you know, because I mean, if I come home with three empty tags, 
you might as well not come home. Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> your, be off the Your podcast. wife's going to have a problem. <laughs> yeah. She's already no. said you've taken 10 vacations this year. I know. And, and I'm taking this three-week vacation. And yeah. And she <laughs> bought me a new truck to go on the vacation. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, for you to have three tags and, you know, come home. With all, you know, so I, I've got a good feeling that you're going to kill something. I have, I'm confident that I, I mean, I'm, here's, I'm confident I'll fill at least two of the tags. I, honestly, I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm confident I could fill all three, especially with the time. If, it, if I was only going out there for seven or ten days, then I definitely would, you know, I wouldn't, oh, I wouldn't even have three tags. So, I feel like, I think the the hardest one to fill will be the antelope, actually. I mean, because it's going to be hard getting in close, especially they've already been screwed with. You know, it's not like it's opening. They've, the season started the 15th of August, so you're talking they've already been screwed with for a month. Now, they might be coming in the rut. So, the decoy part of it might come into effect where I can get a shot opportunity. But like with elk, I know if we're if we find out, or when we find out, I'm confident that, and I'm not like a great caller or anything, but with the homework I've been doing and practicing, I feel like I can call on it. Thanks to Paul Modell, Dirk, and, you know Corey, all those guys, especially the elk not app. I mean, that breaks it down. I mean, we listen to we listen to that app in the in the mountains in Idaho, like <laughs> sitting on top of the wallow after that big freaking encounter with that huge bull. It's like, well, this is that. Oh, yeah. So you can sit there. You could be in the middle of a, a calling sequence and be like, oh, what was that sound? Okay, what does that mean? Okay, I got to do this. <laughs> I guess if you're at that point, then you didn't do enough homework, but. You have you had the foresight to have it downloaded, right? So you can <laughs> you can you reference know, it later. My biggest thing, like my buddy Mark, you know, God bless him, but he, you know, was like he waited to the last minute. He his he's like, hey, I need I need some out calls. I'm like, uh, do you have any? Have you been practicing? No, I need to get them. I need to get those ordered for me. I'm like, well, I'm putting an order in because all mine are all blown out. I mean, I'm like, so I'll put in an order for you but he's never they came in on thursday and i dropped them off to him and you know he's making turkey calls with him. <laughs> like and then he come over today i was double checking just going over his bow and everything and i'm like hey have you been practicing did you listen to that you know the seminar or any of that no i'm gonna listen to that on the way out i'm like at that point you might as well not even listen to it <laughs> I mean, because mm-hmm. it's too late. You can't, you're not going to be able to make those noises and them sounds. I guess you might as well listen to it, but listen to it just to know what you're hearing, I guess. Because <laughs> you're not going to sound anything like what you should. I don't know. But I, 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 I feel a lot more confident in that 
now going out there and like, like I say, just understanding like more of the why they're right. do, why, that, why. And, and the guy you're hunting with Joe, I mean, like I said, he's hunted with Palmadel. So, I mean, it's, it's not like he's listened to it. He's gone on a full blown hunt with him and what, three other guys in the freaking back country, Idaho. And Paul and Paul Jr. Yeah. And, uh, pure elevation. Oh, uh, yeah. Tyler Crockett. Tyler Crockett. So, yeah, he's got, you know, like my buddy, Eddie, he's got experience, but he's been out of the game. For Joe is like right in the freaking hotbed of the shit. So, <laughs> uh, you know, if you guys can't get it done, you, you fucking got a problem. <laughs> well, like I said, it's just a matter of, of finding out, kind of like you said. And I don't. Yeah, because you, I mean, you're on a time straight. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, you got what seven? You're gonna be there seven days. Um, I have nine days, but so seven days seven of hunt. Yeah, because two days of travel. Yep. So, I mean, it is what it is. I just have to. No. You when you're there, is that is that like archery only, or is the muzzleloader opens on the twelfth? Oh, cause, so you're coinciding with muzzleloader. So now. You might have to deal with that. So, do you have to wear orange then, or should you wear? Orange? I don't know. I was I was just thinking about that. Right. He didn't mention it. Get shot. Yeah, I don't. He yeah. said. I think what they said last time, and even what Danny said, is that they didn't run into any muzzleloader hunters. They ran into bear hunters. Hmm. And I mean, bear season is open with rifles right now too. So yeah, but they're not gonna mistake me mistake for, a bear. for a bear. But you know that's. You know, another. Just want to have your blaze orange to put over your head as you're packing it out because you don't want some clown shooting your mm-hmm. <laughs> in the back. Yeah. Well, but it'll be a story. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it'll def. We'll definitely. There'll be no shortage of stories after September. So. And so uh, this one, I, I, we may have a week off of the podcast. Um, because I'll be elk hunting, John will be elk hunting, and then when we get back, we can go through some of the Frank and Ernie stuff. And I, I'm bringing the recorder out there, so we'll be recording a podcast you and Joe. in the field. Yeah, I mean Frank and Ernie will be there too. Right. But um, and that one's going to be um not with the headsets; it's going to be just with the recorder mic. So um, it's going to be a true in the field shit show podcast so <laughs> <All's yours, Frank. laughs> so um and maybe you know depending on how it goes with my hunt i mean when you're back you know i'll still be out there we could still we could do a calling from eddie's or something too and then me and eddie could be on speaking or something yeah i mean that'll that'll be cool too it's just like I say, right now we're getting it. I mean, so what you said before, as far as like getting into the, like the nuts and bolts of like hunting versus podcasting, it's like, well, now we're going to be hunting. Like, so it's right. just a matter of like, well. Yeah, so that, I mean, like I said, the, the hunting part of it comes first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the why or the, you know, mm-hmm. the reason. Well, and uh, I think, I mean, so, you know, one of our, Patreon's Eric Redder. He just killed a buck in, uh, I think it was Kentucky. Killed a velvet buck, and you know he said, 
it's from listening to podcasts and everything that gives them, you know, the, the confidence, all of the stuff to. Right. And it's not necessarily our podcast. I mean, I'm sure he listens to a lot of the other podcasts as well. But it's like, for me, it's like I like going out there and, and trying all the stuff that I hear about and, oh, and, absolutely. and I mean, looking like, at the techniques and all that stuff and, like, seeing what works and seeing what doesn't. I mean, I would – before we got into any of this, I wasn't going three – I'm doing a three-and-a-half-mile round trip. Hell no, I wasn't. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> those guys are crazy. No, I'm, that's – I mean – that's what's so awesome about this whole social media thing with the podcast and all that. You know, before I just, like, I'm out here working in the garage, working on bows or down in my basement working, and I got hours of just, you know, just dull work time. And I just listen to the radio, you know, I mean, mindless shit. Now it's like, for the last month or more, I've been listening to, you know, Elk Talk podcast, Cody Rich's podcast. Uh, Dirk, you know, any, I just search him, Dirk Durham, freaking Paul Medell, Randy Newberg, any of those. I mean, and, and that's just for elk, but you can do that with whitetail and everything, you know, anyone else you might, hey, Bowen or Chronicles might pop up and search, you know. <laughs> You're like, these guys. <laughs> but yeah, Randy Newberg in his intro with the Elk Talk podcast is, uh, Something about yeah. If you want to learn how to elk hunt, don't listen to us. We can make a we can give you a list of the people you should listen to. <laughs> so that's us in the bow hunting world. <laughs> we can we can point you in the right direction, make you feel better about yourselves. Right. The world's <laughs> worst bow hunters, and they have a podcast. What the hell? <laughs> oh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this upcoming season, and you know, actually, you know, even be able being able to talk to some of our other friends that are out hunting and, um, you know, get some of that perspective too. Like Greg Litzinger is out in Montana right now oh, with, yeah. uh, Tim Boo now. And he's out there. Uh, you know, Tim's already killed a antelope and they're out there chasing elk. And it sounds like it was just a mess. Like there were seven different vehicles at the place where they started and they, they're like plan B. But I mean, uh, I love that, that aspect of it. And, you know, so in like, hopefully Tom and Sarah will get some elk, Pat and Amber, you know. Yes, Pat and Amber are. They leave next Friday as well. Okay. Yeah. And they're going to be, they're just east of where I'm at. Yeah. So I could probably hook up with them too. Like, hey, how you guys hunt going? (laughs) Let's just go find a new spot together. Come on. Oh. so but yeah a lot of big things um you know should have a whole bunch of stuff and this is really just wrap but you know we're just scratching the surface into our hunting season now so i'm i mean this is when it gets fun this is when it all comes to fruition right tom and sir are they in colorado again uh wyoming Wyoming. yeah because they went out and did an early season scout too Mm -hmm. yeah so and they're well they're there they Yep. I seen they posted day one, so. Yep. Day one, don't get eaten by grizzly. <laughs> <laughs> Rule number one. No, I have a feeling like it'll definitely be, uh, it's the year to kill. So, between Pat and Amber, Tom, Sarah, us, Frank, and Ernie, I think we're going to be on the better half of 500. 
well, we look forward to sharing it with you folks. And, uh, you know, it's kind of all we got for tonight. I mean. Yeah, I got to get back to work. <laughs> He's got to. Let's put the spotlights out to go no, shoot some more. Another cable stretching and. Uh, yep. We got one more bow to finish up for other people. I've pretty much emptied them out today. I got three other three of them done today. So, but yeah, don't don't forget about us if we take a week off for uh, for hunting, and uh, just know that we'll be back online when we do get back. It'll be worth the listen because there's <laughs> going to be some damn good stories. So, and you probably won't be able to shut me up. You know, I'm, you guys are used to me not talking much, but this is the stuff that really excites me. So. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon. And and make sure to let us know what you want for for content as far as videos. If you got anything you want to see from John, um, I know we need to do a full start to finish uh, string um, just because that's a really cool process. But anything like that, anything you guys want to hear about, just reach out to us. Let us know what we're doing, good, bad, or indifferent. And um, I was going to do a, my pack dump too, even I mean, just to version of it i mean i don't know if people want to see it or not but we'll i'll video it and then if we get some requests for it then we'll edit it and put it out there it'll be a little late for this season but at least it'll be on what we can put it on youtube for sure for sure but that's all we got for this evening thanks for listening see you